we are now. How have you ended up with another puppy? I was about to say, was that just an instinct? This was an uh, impulsive decision. So this was mildly impulsive. Uh, So the biggest problem here is that Brit works at a vet. So when Brit works at a vet, like things cross our door more than they ever would a normal. Yeah. Um, And although I will say this one, this one does make me like a dirty scumbag breeder person uh, because we got this one from a breeder. Um, I'm a dirty scumbag breeder person as well. (laughs) Yeah, people get very upset by it. Um, They do. You get you get labelled as basically just an absolute piece of shit. Yeah, just you know, I (laughs) sue don't get, but I couldn't get the dog I wanted from a shelter. It just doesn't exist. Right. Like the the fact that Brit has worked in the vets that she's worked at for like almost ten years now in the vet stuff, and this is the first ever, the one before, the one that we already have, who's like a year old now, was the first ever like pug puppy to ever come right. into a shelter in like ever their history. Like that doesn't happen. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically, uh, he's five months old. Uh, they were looking to get him offloaded asap, uh, so they cut the price down big time. Uh, from what it was to what it is. Britt got told by someone at work about like the breeder and like how cute the puppies were and all that sort of shit. And she was like, can I get in for my birthday? Because it's her birthday in like a month's time and it's her 30th, uh, uh. 30th birthday. And I just kind of said, yeah, um, without <laughs> thinking it through. Then we went up and saw him last weekend and I was like, actually, but he's he's a great little well it's your own fault if you go and see the pup no one goes and sees the pup like as soon as when we went and got winston like we went and saw him i was like well obviously as soon as my wife got in the car to say that we'll go and see them i was like we'll get the dog yeah (laughs) yeah yeah it's game yeah it's game over really and i was fully aware that it was uh it was pretty much the game was up as soon as i said yes uh let's go see him um but yeah, he's a good lad. So that's why I went straight and picked him up as soon as the game went full time. Uh, and we are sat here at, what, 6 o'clock Eastern? So 11 p.m. for anybody tuning in uh, on the UK side. Probably not, honestly, at this time. <laughs> we may just be talking into the ether here. Uh, but lots to go over. Um, been a busy week of Premier League football uh, so far, even with only, what, four games played already. Uh, Watford... Deep shit continues to deepen. Uh, last minute loser uh, at home to Brentford. Brutal. Norwich come back down from 2 0 to 2 2. Genuinely thought they were going to do it. And then Ronaldo scream a free kick. Uh, and then Southampton pile on the pain for Arsenal, which is just wonderful uh, for that top four race, just because I like seeing them all fail. Uh, it's a shame that none of them can't get it. Uh, but there was a lot of, lot of stuff going on. Uh, today, main one we're going to talk about was the early kickoff. Uh, fair play to any of you on the East Coast, West Coast, or anyone in between, Craig, uh, who got up nice and early for it. Um, and I think I was saying to you two, I feel like every early game we get is against a big club, which is just brutal, isn't it? It's a weird one. I remember a Palace on New Year's Day at one time, and that was absurdly early as well. Um, so. I, I don't have fond memories of that one. But uh, yeah, it, well, these early kickoffs are always so tough. Um, it's just like, well, 6 a.m. for us, 4 a.m. for that's like the middle of the night for those on the West Coast. So it's pretty crazy. It's, uh, I find, I, I always find it interesting just to think about when some of these games are going on. We, we enjoy them over a coffee nowadays. And whereas obviously back in England, you're a few pints in. Uh, and it's you know your ratio of coffee to to beer now is how I sort of age <laughs> myself. But um, 
Uh, yeah, I wonder if the people local that go to the games, like, do you, do you mind that? Because it's basically 12.30, isn't it? It's the middle of the day. Or I suppose the later ones feel a little bit more appealing because you get to spend a little bit more time in the in the boozers. But, uh, yeah, I don't care anymore. It's early for us, to be honest. When you have a four-month-old, it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> yeah, you've got no – you're up anyway. Yeah. Um, I think – I think for the people there, I mean, at least when I was there, right? Like, I think it would all depend on the trains because uh, I wouldn't drive into anywhere. So I think it would all depend for me on like what the train travel back was. Yeah. So the earlier games, if you would do, if we did really well, you'd be able to stay out then for several hours afterwards and then get a train home. Whereas the late ones, you're like kind of squeaky bum on even getting one. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's probably the verdict. Uh, unless you're all the way up in like Newcastle or whatever, where like booking a hotel would be the sensible thing to do. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. And then you can just have the whole night out in Newcastle, which is a fun time. So uh, today, uh, however, we were back in North London. Um, we are uh, happy hunting ground in London. The entire, I'm not even going to say North. We've had a very happy hunting ground in London uh, all season long. Today was no exception. Uh, hadn't beaten Spurs away from home since 1981. That's about the only useful thing Andy Townsend provided today. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, And it was a bit of a Potter classic, wasn't it? Um, The starting lineup, one change. uh, We had Lamptey in for Welbeck and we went with the old uh, 5-5 formation with no strikers. Um, nobody quite knew whether we'd be having Weppu up there, McAllister up there like he had done recently, and then Trossard had also done a good job in the exact same spot. Um, everybody else still in the team, everything same as other than that change. How did we feel about that? Did you feel confident? Or were you already a bit concerned just by the fact that we were playing Spurs and that record is not great? I mean, it's just it's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, similar to when those those teams come out an hour ahead of kickoff you're sort of like well what what are we trying what's what's happening here and you're trying to decipher what Potter's looking to do and you know the the ideal game plan and we'll get into how masterfully executed it was but it seemed like you know bringing out no striker having Lamptey come back in overload the midfield again and have what was a free-flowing three with no evident clear striker or number nine um so it was a strange one i thought it was yeah like you said i thought it was going to be a five five or even a four six um and just just try and take control and overload every way you possibly can um but yeah i that midfield three done so well last week i'm glad that they were able to do it again yeah i mean i'll firstly let's just say Let's let's celebrate a little bit here. We, we've we've just won a very unexpectedly two games on the trot against superior opposition. Like no doubt about it. And and neither of these sides were it's not like we faced these teams when they were in the you know the doldrums. These these sides have been doing well and competing for this top four place and have come off some various games where they've been playing impressive against big sides. Um Classic Bryce, is it? Someone said in the chat the other day when we, I think we came off of, I don't remember what game it was at this point, probably the Norwich game. They said something like, ah, typical Brighton would be we, we go and, you know, win, win at Arsenal and win at Spurs and get something at Man City. And I sort of laughed it off. It's like, well, 
yeah, that was last season. We did that. We, with this season, we've not done that at all. We haven't beaten anyone half decent this whole year, apart from the Leicester game. Everyone else, we've been we've been getting some points off the relegation fodder. Lo and behold, here we are. And getting six points from these games is just, I mean, we're, we're now officially, as of recording, the top 10 side again. Uh, after <laughs> six games on the trot without a win, seven if you include the FA Cup. Um Let's let's give some credit there, but yeah, the tactics, whatever Potter's smoking, drinking, uh, dropping, <laughs> is working <laughs> because I think we were thinking before the game. All right, okay, who who comes? Do, does Mope get back in the team potentially? Who who comes in? As you were saying, Josh, and I don't think anyone predicted oh, it will be Wepu and and Mac leading the line to a certain extent. However, they did that. Um, but the press and the way that we condense that Spurs team to give them nothing the whole game not just for some of the game not just the 15 minutes at the start which was the fear right the, the guys run out of, of gas a little bit and we start to peter out no this press last they get one depending on where you get your stats from they had one or zero shots on target yep yep um and just to add on to what you said there uh spurs have lost only two games in the premier league since the middle of february before today so that's the kind of form they're on. And one of those was was to Manchester United uh, and the other one was to Burnley, actually. And neither of them were at home. I'd have to go further back to find whenever they last lost at home. Uh, but it is not a common occurrence whatsoever. Uh, Southampton, at the beginning of February, same time we beat Watford, which we then went and lost six on a bounce after. Uh, so that's a long time. That's a long time uh, since they last lost from lost at home. Um, well, and yeah, like you said, that, that lineup was an interesting one. Um, I, I wasn't super surprised to see it, but I think that the addition of, and we definitely get into players, obviously, I think the addition of back to best Bissouma and Caicedo side by side is something that has changed this team on a dime in two games. Yes. Correct. I do want to add on to the thing you just said as well. It was a week ago, Son has scored a hat-trick. Their last three games were 4-0, 5-1, 3-1. Yeah. They're, they're not in bad form. <laughs> I, was, I was, yeah, I think testament to their form as well. You know, they're, they're talking, they were scoring goals for fun and, and being able to you know, sort of decimate teams, especially in the second half as well. We'll get on to first versus second as well. But um, that was the main worry coming into this, right? Was, you know, <laughs> these these guys are scoring for fun. Um yeah very defensively sound um, to to an extent, but it was really their attacking threat that carried them through most of these games. And they're yeah. really pushing on and on and on and on. Um, so they come off the back of a 4-0 win against Villa, who are in a similar position to us as well. Um, so to be able to not only nullify, but just completely strangle anything that they had today, um, that was the most impressive thing for me. Um, we're not very good at scoring, but being able to, to strangle these teams to not even a shot on target, depending on where you look, um, it is very impressive. You know what annoyed me? And the commentators did this a lot, and uh, a lot of the journalists following this game, was everyone was talking about how Spurs weren't doing anything. Spurs can't do this. Spurs are, don't have the energy, or they seem tired, out of form. No, like, it's... I'm sorry, but like when when you witness basically Brighton do this fairly regularly, we do this to bigger sides where every time the commentators and the, and the journalists that have seen Brighton play before suddenly go, 
God, how has this happened? What a weird occurrence. The team suddenly lost their form during this game against uh, Brighton. Yeah, there's a reason for that. It's the way the team works. It's the way Potter works and sets the group up because most other managers won't go out and put Enoch and Wepu and Alex McAllister up top in the formation to put a stranglehold on the opposition because he can see something that the rest of us mere mortals can't. Like That annoys me a little bit. Let's give more credit to what Potter and Brighton do and less to, oh, what's wrong with Spurs today? There was nothing wrong with Spurs. They were just out-tacticed. Yep. Spot on. Uh, it happens a lot, doesn't it, whenever we go and do this to a top six team? Um, they had an off day. They weren't at their best. They were very poor today. It's very annoying hearing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like you say, they were poor uh, because Davis, Dyer, and Romero couldn't get those balls sprayed up to Harry Kane because Harry Kane was made anonymous because of Bizuma. Like, let's be honest, like, that's what really happened. Well today, didn't he? Yep. And and those defenders had no chance uh, mm-hmm. on being able to spray the ball out because, as you said, we had two pressing midfielders as strikers, and that's how it worked. Um, your your wing-backs, Royal, I've, I haven't rated for a long time, uh, and Regulon, who I do, but he's just coming back into the side, who's just really not, wasn't at the races today. Lamptey just didn't really have to do much of anything. He was so poor. Um there were some poorer performances out there. Like I said, I thought the wingbacks were super ineffective. And I think that was just a a case of their one-on-one matchups, them losing them, um, which happens to anyone, right? Uh, but in general, they lost because we were better than them. <laughs> um, and, and there was something you said, Adam, in the chat uh, right at the end. Um, and I've got it up here. It's that you said we fully deserve this and that normally never happens. And that's, <laughs> but that's the big point. Like we fully deserve today. We're not coming away from this going, what a lucky goal because by God, we had a few of them midway through the season, didn't we? Uh, where oh, we yeah. were coming on here laughing about how we'd like nicked another point, uh, with another Mope special. This one, this, this goal was a long time coming and, Getting on to the first talking point, it probably would have come earlier, uh, if not for a bit of VAR shenanigans. Um, Kulusevsky, I hope I've not murdered his name too badly. Lucky, that was it. lucky yeah. to be on the pitch today after the, the elbow on Kukurea. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think the intent is there, and he's, he's clearly... It's a premeditated action to swing his elbow at somebody's face. Whether you make contact or not, the intent is still there. Um, I saw a few laws around on the Twitter sphere and bits and pieces. But, you know, for, for me, if you're trying to elbow someone in the face and you miss, um, you firstly have bad aim and you should be getting a red card. I, 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 it baffles me the lack of coverage, especially from a US side that that incident had because I thought it was nailed on. Yeah, that wasn't normally during these things. There's just 400 replays that end up ensuing and everyone gets riled up and, and there wasn't that many replays, but everyone still did get riled up. Um, it was, it was a weird one. I, I almost feel like, and this I'm annoying myself by saying this phrase, but I don't think Kukure helped himself because, because he went down it, it almost felt more theatrical. Um, and, and I don't think he really properly got hit. 
But yes, you're right. The intent was there. He can't fling his elbow out. I'm, I'm a little surprised it wasn't another look wasn't taken. And they said, no, this, this, this was aggressive play and he should be gone. And I, I think that's the issue. And I, I, I went into this a little bit on social media as well, is that if he did make a meal of it, then it would have got checked. And I think right. you're now, there's that, there's that precedent that's been set now where, you know, if you don't use gamesmanship and you don't, make a meal of it as as we've we've said then it doesn't get checked um i'm very confused as to why it wasn't checked uh but you know is it because no contact was made and therefore it's not worth looking at i i disagree with it wholeheartedly but um i i feel that yeah because kukurea didn't make a meal of it all of a sudden it's not deemed worthy enough of a check um and that that's the most confusing bit for me yeah um, it was it was really appalling. I thought that the, the speed in which that check was put through, if there even was one, um, I didn't think there was one. Because as you say, it just because he missed, uh, it was it was the the length of time after the the coming together for me as well. There were it wasn't just like a as the ball's in the air and you're both charging for, like trying for a header and your elbow comes out, the ball is gone and he still went with the motion, like all on its own, like as an isolated movement. Um, and, and I think that's, that's part of the problem too. I think we're too nice. Uh, I think Craig said that in the chat as well, because I said that once Mwepu and we'll get onto that too, when the, when he put in a challenge and the Spurs players crowded the ref immediately uh, screaming in his face, demanding action be taken. And there isn't a lot of that with us, um, especially when we have some of those players who are prone to do it, uh, Duffy, Morpe, uh, and others being off of the field. Um, we're not, we haven't got much in the way of shithousery about us, uh, barring Kukurea, really. Um, and I think that I like it from a moral perspective, but I do wonder if that could have made the tiniest bit of difference, which which really says just how bad the officiating is that I think it would have made a difference uh, if they would have crowded the ref and pushed him because uh, that's just generally what they are they are capable of. The irony being is that obviously that the, the, infame, the infamy of Mourinho slagging Spurs off of not being nasty enough and being too nice uh, in this instance, clearly they're new signings. They've decided to bring in some arseholes uh, and, ch- and change that. Maybe Kulisewski is a lovely man. I don't know, but he was a bit of a dickhead, wasn't he? I mean, they've got their fair share, right? Um, uh, I think well, <laughs> Conte talking around, you know, sort of time-wasting tactics from us is just a bit of pot kettle black from from them. Um, uh, he was salty, wasn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. He was very, very salty, but yeah. <laughs> But you're right. Like they're they're niggly. They know what they're doing. They are being assholes, um, plain and simple. And that sort of crowding you don't see from us. Um, you'll see you'll see Dunk charge in to stop any sort of descent from certain players. Um, but yeah, we we don't have that nastiness to us. Um, it, I mean, it doesn't look like we need it. Let's judge in on you know the season that we're having either. But um, there is that connotation of just being too nice uh i think if kukurea made a little bit more of that if we sort of surrounded the ref there is that pressurized element that maybe we could have got a red card or at least a var check out of that yeah um and i i honestly believe that it may well be a bit of bit of bit of the reason why we um we, we didn't see mwepu take a walk in that first half um i suspect <laughs> that 
he may well have been aware. He might well have dropped the ball uh, on that one um, because there were four challenges, uh, I think, in that first half where Mwepu could have seen a yellow. Um, the problem is he got shown a yellow on the first one of the four. Um, so even if you're not going to book him for the other three, which were all like, eh, like I've seen some refs give it, most refs wouldn't. When you get three of them back to back, most refs go, and you see them on the TV screen, right? They go one, two, three, point to where they happen and give them a yellow card. Um, I think Enoch was very, very lucky today that it was like 38 seconds before halftime. Um, because I think if it wasn't and he'd committed that last challenge with 10 minutes to go, he may well have been taking a walk, um, which again, it's ridiculous uh, because he's gave us the opportunity to sub him off and give him less of a problem. Um, but I think that he was very lucky today on sheerly on volume because um, <laughs> uh, I, I feel like he really could have seen yellow twice today if uh, if he was pushing it. Uh, Maybe he's a genius, though, because it's pretty unlikely you see a player get two yellow cards in the first half, isn't it? Very rare, very rare occurrence. So maybe he just thought, I'll do this. I'll, I'll bring the game to Spurs. I'll show him his boss here. I'll get really involved with crazy press, leave my foot in, get a nice early bath. Danny can come on and we'll see it out. Um, there you go. Game plan done. <laughs> That's what he was asked to do. Keep your foot in, Enoch. I mean, it was it was the, the energy that he brings as well. I mean, we, we talked about Bis and Caicedo about that sort of pairing, but having Wepu with the amount that he runs as well and the amount of effort he puts in, especially up the top today, um, I'm so happy that he's back in the squad and he wasn't injured last week because um, he, he plays such a good role in this position. When it comes to his fouls, he seems like such an innocent and like he's so gangly. It, like we, we mentioned... We, we talked about it last week about him just sort of not knowing like what he's doing with his limbs. He looks sort of out of control a lot. Um, it's such an innocent foul and petulant or just a number of them. I th- yeah, one more. And I think it would have been um, time for an early bath, shall we say. Um, just lucky that he, do- also, he doesn't have a track record, first and foremost. Um, and secondly, it was so close to the half. Not yet, he doesn't, um, not yet, because not he yet. he hasn't played a lot. Uh, but he is joint top with the most fouls committed per game uh, on average. <laughs> now, of course, he's obviously got a much smaller sample size than the other two. Well, actually, no, one of them is, is not far off him uh, in minutes play, more in minutes played, but not as many appearances. Uh, Want to guess on those three players? Uh, well, one one player, I guess, because obviously one of them is Wepu. Uh, who's the other player with 1.2 fouls per game on average? Our most fouliest player. This? That's Correct. Yeah. Mizuma. Yeah. Uh, and the other one is the greatest centre-half to ever live. Um, <laughs> and the reason we're getting relegated uh, is Dan yeah. Burn. Yeah. Dan yeah Burn they were all good fouls, fouls, though. Remember that? They were all, they were world-class they were all, fouls. Yeah, yeah. Professional challenges. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thought it was interesting. Uh, I just looked and I was like, oh, actually, Enoch is, is actually already quite high on the list. So he may well end up getting a bit of a name for himself come halfway through next season. But he's also contributing to our best like, performances and veins of form when he comes into the side. So again, maybe his metal is sort of what, what we need. And he's, I know we mentioned this a lot last week because he was outstanding last week. Um, he takes a shot and he took a shot in the first half that was, it got deflected and went out for a corner, but it was going to be on target. And it's just so 
I get slightly shocked every time I see us take a shot that goes on target from a like half decent location because I'm just not used to it. Like we've witnessed so many times where just someone we saw when Worldbet came on, didn't we? It's like first shot went out for a throw. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> that's what yeah. we're used to. That's like, oh, okay, back to the usual stuff. But no, when Enoch Enoch smacks it, and you're like, oh god, we can do that. Players can do that. He does what Bizuma does, but keeps it down, which yeah. is just like unbelievable. Yeah. It's, we've not seen it in many years, um, which, which is really nice. Uh, halftime came around, Welbeck on from Wepu. Um, I worried a little bit at that point that we were going to go back to the Albion that lost six on the bounce, just uninspired, no way forward, and not as much drive in the midfield. Uh, we were luckily complimented by Spurs having no drive in midfield and no drive up front as well. Uh, I think the second half was just as much them being poor as us being good. Uh, I think they had run out of ideas so early that you could see that they were not quitting, but you could see that they were beyond frustrated and were resorting to tactics that Conte would rather not have seen. Um, It felt like they'd run out of ideas after 58 minutes, which is not great for a team fourth in the table. Um, and again, testament to to the absolute quality in that that tactical masterclass that Potter provided. Um, because defensively, he had nothing. They had nothing to do today. Uh, and Webster reminder, not on the pitch at all today. Yeah, which I'm kind of happy about uh, because when he comes back, I want him to come back and and be fully fit to actually start. Saying that though. Um, our defense looked good. Voltman looked good, really good. Uh, and Dunk is back to being quality, or at least he's not making those mistakes he made for a number of games, which is nice. Kukurei is just, I don't care where you play him, just put him on the pitch somewhere. Um, yeah, it's its weird. Conte's always relies heavily, and, and you, you hinted at this earlier, on wing-back play and full-back play, but specifically for him, wing-backs, right? Um, he did it at Chelsea. He's, he he did it at well Inter as well, and he was there for a bit. But even just a couple of games ago, when they were playing against Newcastle, it was like suddenly, oh, maybe Matt Doherty's like one of the greatest players in the world again. Uh, yep. He scored. Uh, Emerson Royale, who looks like he just just seen a football field uh, pitch for like the first time in his life, scored what a raffle. Yeah. Ben Davies scored. Like this is context tactics. Like, this is this is what he tries to do: get the ball to the outlets, push up hard, bring into your front grouping of two or three. In this case, Son, Kane, and Kulusevski, and then and push your play up. Back to the tactics we talked about with 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 us pushing up and controlling the possession and controlling those zones and areas. Instead, what you get is fund all the play in the middle. And who, who are they then left with? What, what are their creative players? Hoiberg and Bentenker. Uh, yeah, that's why they were stifled, because they're, they're destroyers of play more than anything. You're not going to really do too much creative play there. So, yeah, it was it was almost like there was were just butting heads at that point, right? The wings were sort of locked down to a certain extent, and it was who could actually break in the middle a little bit more. Yeah, and I think you're right, right? Like, that midfield is not meant to be the creator. The Hoiberg and the Bentecourt is uh, are meant to be the combative midfield that break down the play and then spread it out wide immediately. Um, or they spray it on the counter-attack, which we didn't give them an option to do today, 
which is a huge deal for the Albion uh, with their uh, yeah, counter-attacking prowess. Uh, that, that really scared me today. I figured Son was at least going to rip us apart six times, um, and he didn't at all. Tarek Lamptey went off injured, 82nd minute. Uh, looked like a knock to me, I think. Did he go down with cramp like as well? Major, it looked like he was stretching his quad, but it, I don't think he would have pulled it, otherwise he wouldn't have sort of walked off the way that he did. Um, I, I think I he's think, fine. I think that's tired legs, that is. I think so. I think he'll probably maybe come on as a sub against City at most. I think he'll sit on the bench and he'll probably play against Saints. You'll probably see him next weekend yeah. go go up against Kyle Walker-Peters and uh, Livermento. I wouldn't be surprised if that's what you do. Do the same job on them as he just did uh, on Spurs, yeah. I think. Um I also feel like he's almost managed his style of play too. And the more I see him, the more I think it. I don't, I don't think he's lost speed. I think he's managing his style of play more um, to do the job that's asked of him instead of coming on and just doing everything um, that he used to do before he got hurt. I think he's having to manage the things he's doing so he doesn't risk himself again, personally. I mean, still... That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, if he plays the way that he does, that's absolutely fine. And the, the issue is, is that now every team we go up against, and this is a high compliment to, to Lamptey more than anything else, is that regardless of who we play, they double team Lamptey because they know just how dangerous he is. Mm-hmm. And, and you saw it again today where they had Sun and Regulon double teaming Tarek Lamptey. Um, which means there's just nothing for their counterattack. And similar to the point just before this, like the Bissuma obviously done a job on Kane, but as soon as Sun was anywhere near that ball, Caicedo or Kukurea or whoever was nearest to him shut him down as quickly as possible. And that was clearly a game plan as well, that the moment that guy touches the ball, close him down and don't let him go anywhere, even if it's a foul. Um, and and it, was, it worked. But, you know, back back to that that point right he's always being double teamed and it feels like he is managing his speed so when he does get a one-on-one he does go for it i think that's the premise of of what he's trying to do is that as soon as he gets out of that double team he's able to have a run at them and that that works and conte had a week to plan this because he watched us do the exact same thing to odegaard (laughs) and uh and he came up short he came up with zero answers um because we made him totally obsolete and he's been a dangerous player for them since they signed him. And he was nothing. Uh, ten minutes later, on the 89th minute, pretty much exactly, um, Albion nick it at the death. Uh, I say nick it, but we were all deserved. Like, we genuinely did deserve every 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 one of those three points uh, on today's performance. And like I said, I genuinely think it could have been two or more if they'd have gone down to the ten men like I think they should have. Um but what a finish. Clinical, composed, great little bit of play to, to wrong foot, whoever that Spurs defender was. Poor, poor Eric Dyer got sold. Was it him? He got sold <laughs> First a time dog. for him. And yeah. stroked it into the back of the net. Always, always said it, boys. Whenever you said, who do you want in that last minute to steal a winner? Who one-on-one with a goalkeeper, always trusts hard. I've always said it. Always knew he was a composed fella that, that <laughs> had it in his locker. Well, I, he he wasn't exactly when when you think of Trossard, it's almost you think he's either on it or he's not there. Or and today didn't show massively. But he's in a more reserved position when he plays this almost like left wing back role. Um, 
obviously pushes up when we have possession. But that's two goals in two games against really good opposition. And this finish was just the audacity to just stroll in and outside foot sort of pass it <laughs> into the goal was, I didn't think he was going to do I, I, I Typical of him was he just smashes it, right? He just smacks it and it just hits Loris and it just goes out for a corner or something like that. That's what I was anticipating. Well, but it was we composed. Saw, we saw one straight before that, didn't we? It was like five minutes before, just dragged it past the near post. And yeah, that's that's his that's his MO. I was, yeah, very surprised. Sorry to cut you off, mate. No, no, it was, uh, I'm watching it on a replay at the moment right now. It's, it's it was an impressive fit. It was a horrible bit of defensive play. <laughs> Uh, like absolute clown fiesta, but uh, most of the time I, I feel like we just don't finish those. But yeah, two goals in two games for, for Trossard. Alex in the chat, this team is just so class right now. Um, it is, uh, and and let's talk about the the players behind that um, because I am I am absolutely sure that the uh, the big key here is defensive defensive capability, right? Like that's where we were strong. Uh, throughout our entire season before the big drop-off. Uh, and that's where we suffered when we really lost it, right? Burnley scoring freaking three against us. Like, embarrassing. Um, Basuma back to best today, I tweeted. Uh, still think he is. Um, Caicedo looks like he's been a Premier League player for a year and a half, not two games. Um, Kukurea is Kukurea. He's just excellent. Um, and and that back line looking much happier uh, with those people playing in front of them as opposed to, you know, Lalana McAllister and uh, and someone, uh, Pascal Gross playing in the centre of midfield. Um, the dynamism and the physicality that those two bring has just changed everything, I think. Um, and they are... I mean, we were talking about it. Oh, I'm not sure if it was you guys I sent it to or whoever. It was actually just my missus I said it to. I was like, this is going to be a long five minutes. Uh, when that when that timer come up, I thought, oh, shit, plus five. Like, this is going to be a long time. Um, and Bisuma, Kukurea, and uh, Caicedo, and I think it might have been Welbeck, linked up on that left-hand side to essentially spend three minutes passing the ball around them in a passing drill of those five minutes. Um, I've never seen us more composed defending a lead in 2022. Uh, and I think that's all the names that I've just talked about being brought back in and playing as well as they are. The Caicedo's, the Bissumas, and then Kuku is just excellent. What a change they've made. We, we talked about this a few weeks back, didn't we? It was, it was more about uh, remove the, the bad nightmare of where we just didn't really look like a proper football team for a few weeks. But yeah, we, we shored up the defensive piece for what we sort of a, got the brand around is this defensive solidity. And that lost its way, as you said. Now it, it feels like we don't feel like a liability. Robert Sanchez was pretty good today. Uh, and I've I think there was got, just one bad corner, wasn't there, where it was whipped in right over everybody and he, he just didn't get a hold of it. But. This classic, but it was also a couple where he came out, especially towards the end of the game and, and, Made a good solid claim on those two two and a half weeks ago. That when we were on the Brin International break, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, Bob Sanchez is get him out. We need a new keeper. It's rubbish. Uh, what a difference a couple of half decent results or very good results can get you. But yeah, I, 
I think what's even more impressive about this is we've gone from a situation where, yeah, everyone's been brought into question. The manager's been brought into question. Um, you've had Jakob Moda, one of your most promising young players who was starting most of your games for you, go out for a very extended period of time. You've brought in an, an unknown. You're playing Pascal Gross, who even we have said is like, he's lost a bit here. He's, he shouldn't really be playing in this team. Um, and he's found a bit of a rich vein of form as well. Um, it's just impressive all the way down that spine now. We still don't have the person up top. We've got players acting that role, but we still don't have the player up top. But yeah, everywhere else, we've gone back to being what made us solid, let's say. And I know that, Craig, you're probably going to say, let me just say so super quick, so otherwise it's going to fall out of my head. Um, what you were just talking about there with Pascal Gross, um, you... I was on here saying he probably shouldn't be extended at the end of the year and probably shouldn't be playing in this team anymore because he's totally lost the pace that you need to play in the side that we're trying to create. Massive credit to A, Pascal Gross, for keeping his head up because other people had already put theirs down, including mine, and I love him. And he's probably our biggest Premier League legend in terms of current stand, like how important he's been to us over his five years. Um so fair play to him for not giving up. He's 30 years old now. He could easily just go, you know what, F it. I'm going to go back, play with Uwe, and just rinse Bundesliga 2 for three years and just happily piss off. But no, he's put his head down, he's grounded, and he's back in that side regularly. But Graham Potter, finding the right team to put around him to totally cover his weaknesses so he's just all strength, it's just another notch in the belt of Graham Potter is an absolute master. And anybody who has the hashtag Potter out, not ironic. You're just, you're just clueless. You're just clueless. You're mental. It's, you, <laughs> took, you took the words out of my mouth as well, is that the one thing that everyone gets on his back about is that pace. So you add Caicedo and Wepu in there and he doesn't need it. Um, you know, we just need him to create chances. He's still dead ball wise he's still you know one of the best if not the best at the club um you know and, and even a gross turn after eight minutes today shows you he's 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 back up and running too so yeah i'm i'm very happy for him i think like you said like it is it must be hard to have this sort of loom over you in in that respect and being out of contract in the summer is a lot of uncertainty for a human being to go through too um so to put in the performances he has and to Potter as well, like you said. I'm, I'm just repeating what you're saying, but to have this guy in the team and be able to focus on what he does best, that's where he is making a real difference. Um, and you can see that. You can go through the stats and you can look at the chances created. And um, on a regular basis, season after season, he is near the top of that chance creation list um, without fail. Um, and like you said, if people still can't see that, then f fall on them. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere, defensively, Kukurea can play just about anywhere. I mean, he pretty much played centre-half today until he decided to not play centre-half. Um, I I don't think it's a great spoiler, um, but it does seem like the the, the absolute shoe-in for player of the season, isn't he, at this point? Um, I feel like uh, everybody I've seen on Twitter who are already voting uh, for fans player of the season has already pretty much voted Mark. Um, I mean, 
just thinking about what he's going to look like in a year's time, in two years' time, it's outrageous, isn't it? But it's quite scary. It's 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 at the same level as Basuma, and it genuinely could be higher for me in terms of his value in his position going forward that we could make money from. Yeah, because Basuma didn't, you know, land onto the scene with this much, I don't know, credibility or just impression that he's left that Kukure has. I mean, the first game we saw him, we're like, this guy's got something about him. Uh, and he's just not stopped. He's not stopped running since. Uh, just full pelt. Uh, <laughs> he, he is incredible. I don't think it was the panel pitch today, but yeah, I, I, I truly don't know who else you could even necessarily suggest that has been anywhere near his level of, and the key word here that a lot of our team lacks as a whole, and he has in, in droves, is consistency. He's consistently impressive. Um, there is a very rare occasion where we look at a game and go, Kukure was pretty crap today. I don't even know if we said that. Um, he's always good, and sometimes he's exceptional, and that's fairly frequent. Outside of Basuma's sort of breakdown that he's had, that was his old role, right, as you say. But the fact that we're seeing that and it's the first season, I mean, Casado a few months back was at the Olympics. Like uh, it wasn't, he'd never played in this country before in this league. He was playing for Hetafe. Like, it's mad. He, suff- he suffers from his own excellence as well because when he does have a seven out of 10 game, you know, it's like, oh, he was only good today. So, you know, we, we've come to expect yeah. so much from this one player because he is so damn good. And, the, the sky's the limit for for that guy. You, what is he? What twenty three? You know, twenty three. It's it like hits the Premier League like a duck to water, and and now all of a sudden it's like okay, now we're starting to build something. I feel like that we were crying out for for that for so long, and I'm so happy that it worked. Um, but he really has taken this league by the scruff of the neck, and everyone can see it when you know you're scouring through opposition reactions to, to our team and the focus on being on Lamptey last season. Um, he's our most consistent performer. He's probably player of the season already. Um, it's a bit, of a bit of a formality for me. Here's the other thing that excites me a little bit, and this gets more to the transfer side of things that, you know, you hinted at a little bit, Josh, was we're starting to build out little con- contingents of players uh, from different regions. And Kukure has played for the Spain national team. And I think Luis Enrique would be a fool if he doesn't call him up at some point again. Um, no doubt. That's, if he, that's, I mean, if he continues this, he's going to the World Cup. He should. He absolutely should be. Um, but he calls up Sanchez too. So we've got a couple of Spanish internationals there. Uh, we've got our South American grouping as well. We've got the the, the Ecuadorians and Sarmiento and Casado. And we've got Mac, who was you know playing up with Messi the other day. Uh, that's that's this yes it's a business but there's also life here these players will text and chat on international duty and more. they'll say oh, i'd love to play in the premier league if these players are half decent yeah come you'll have a, a core group of friends here in an unknown country so back to our, our approach to when we try and bring in players that are from lesser known leagues but maybe from some of these other nations elsewhere where we can get a bargain on an up-and-coming player that helps you. It really does. And we've got these pre-made groupings here. It's it's less, do- It's put it this way. It's not like we are Burnley trying to bring in, uh, you know, play, but we've got to go live in Burnley. It's like, oh, who, who's in the team? It's, it's 
all blokes from England and Cornet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking at the team here. You've got two Africans uh, with Basuma and Wepu. Uh, you've got a bunch of Europeans, obviously, from all over the place. And then you've got your South Americans as well. Uh, with your Sarmientos, your Alzates, your, your Macalas, your yeah. Caicedos. Um, and then, you know, you've also got obviously the core English group that all, most of the that English group, right, be it Lamptey, be it Welbeck, be it Lalana, have all had international experience at some level or another um, because Lamptey obviously throughout all the youth setup and then the two, the two older lads being throughout the main setup a lot. So again, you've got, you know, these boys have done it and they're playing at this team. Like we could, there's no reason why we couldn't do it. Um, and then obviously the marketing format too, right? Like Paul Barber's well aware of what these, what these players are offering. Um, I'm sure he's got his uh, monetary ideas tapped into every single region that we're on. Um, I, and we're, we're continuing to do it, right? Like we've just signed my timer. Japanese player, one of their best youth players uh, that they're all keeping a very close eye on. Um, I am a Polish contingent. In, yeah. uh, oh God, I always forget his name. It's got K's and L's in it. Kozlowski. Thank you very much. Kozlowski. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I am just, I, I've been saying it for like two years and I think it's really just because there's no one, they're either far too good or nowhere near good enough. So shocked that we haven't gone for any Canadian or Americans yet. Um, just I don't feel, want the American the keeper, that guy at Man City, I'll tell you that. <laughs> just to feel the set, though, I'm surprised. Uh, and the problem is, like I said, they're either too good or nowhere near good enough. Um, we're not going to be getting uh, a McKinney or a Jonathan David uh, from, from from any of those sort of teams. Well, that we're also Jonathan not David? Yeah, yeah. So. yeah, you're right. But... This is Jonathan David hadn't scored a hadn't scored a goal for about six months. <laughs> Wasn't he dropped as well? Was he? Yeah. Uh, uh, man of the match today, boys. Feel like we might have a different variety today. Feel like this might be the first one in a while where we're not in a case of like I don't care because they're all shit, and we actually played decently and won, and we all don't have the same name. I think our best so. team performance for a long, long while. Yeah. So who we got? I'll, I'll I'll start with a one that probably won't, people won't choose. Um, I will go for Caicedo today. I I just think what he brought to the team. Second prem performance. If you put it all in a nice little package, just the ability to adapt and bring other people into the game. I put down some of Biss's improvements purely to Caicedo as well in freeing him up to do what he does best as well. Um, I'm so impressed with him. 20 years old. Um, gets in the box. We saw him in the box like three or four times today. We saw him in our box three or four times today. The guy was everywhere at 20 years old. Um, and yeah, like we said earlier, it looks like he's been playing in this league for years. I'm incredibly impressed. Uh, I I love Casado. I th- I didn't. I don't think he was as good as he was last week. Um, but you're right. It's more of the some of the parts in, in some ways it's making those other players and Josh, you already brought up Pascal Gross being made better by the surrounding piece as well. I'm, I'm picking Basuma today. Uh, noted also by the fact that apparently he was in very good spirits up with the fans after the final whistle, there was no sulking going off down tunnels or anything like that from what I understand. Um, 
I don't have his direct stats in front of me, but he was everywhere. And he was he, he skinned a couple of players at one point uh, towards the latter part of the game. He just glided around. Oh, beautiful. Um, and he's got that quality. Like, we see that so much. I think that the, the reason why it was so nice today is because outside of pretty good performance last week, we just haven't seen him do that for quite a while. I don't think it's a coincidence that this our two most impressive wins of the season by a distance have come when Basuma's switched back on to being the player again. He's the, he is the, the, the lifeblood of this team for me. He anchors that grouping. Everything goes through him. Everything good goes through him. Uh, and he breaks up so much play as well and nullified along with his counterparts a, a, a grouping at Spurs who everyone's saying Kulisevsky signing of the season Kane is in his finest form of his career in, in some instances and Son had scored 40 goals in the last few games it feels like yeah yeah David in the chat saying we got the best dance um, which is go. great uh, that's really good to hear I hadn't heard any of that so that's really nice um, I'm going to go with a different one to both of you uh, and similar to uh, what we were just talking about there, some of the parts. Um, and there was one name we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks um, in terms of Adam Webster coming back and how important he is going to be. Um, and it was never a case of he's shit to get rid of him. But Joel Veltman was always the name stood out as he's probably going to be the one that drops uh, because he's just not been as good as he was when we first got him. He's dropped off a little bit. I thought he was outrageous today. Um, he yeah, was given he was given a job to do in that back three, back four, whatever, because it changed all the time, didn't it? I think uh, depending on whether Trossard was playing wing back or further forward, it was a four or a five. Um, I, he just looked so assured. There was there was no instance where he looked like he was caught on the counter attack, which is something that's been a problem for us all the time. He was dominant in the air. I felt like he won every header, and we were just talking about that like last week where. That's not his forte. That's Lewis Dunks and Webster's. That's their job to win the headers. Like Veltman's the smaller of the centre halves. And if it weren't for a block, he's probably got a goal as well in that first half from that corner. Um, and that's just bizarre to me that he just keeps finding himself in those positions where he almost... Uh, I feel like he's had three or four this season where if it wasn't for some crazy block, he's he's probably scoring a goal. Um I thought he was great today. I mean, I, I think all three of the, the ones we picked were superb, but I I thought he was just excellent. Um, you, you, you could you could choose a number of people. You you could have chose Trossard just for the outrageous goal in of itself. You could yeah. have chosen you could have chosen Kukurea just for his consistently exceptional performances. Um, you could have chose Dunk for just be him being back to his best. And it's just a testament to the performance today that everyone had a really good game. And and that's when you know you know, zero shots on target. You can't really fault any of the players, and we thought all of them were fucking brilliant. And um, you know, we you could give this to anyone, and you'd still have a you'd still have a, a compelling argument. And Gross was very good, wasn't he? Um, yeah. But you're, Josh, it wasn't just the eye test. He he won six aerial duels. Joel Veltman, no one else on the pitch beat him out for that. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, I hadn't looked at that bit yet. No, I'm, I mean I'm not surprised though. But like because after watching it, um, but when you put it on paper, when he's going to be going most of the time toe to toe with Harry Kane. That's a hell of a performance, isn't it? Really, just that alone. 
That's what you get when you buy a very expensive player. Uh, for the grand total of what was it? Nine hundred thousand. Nine hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> yeah, he's so consistent, isn't he? Like, it's just so good. It's mental, isn't it? Really, that we we got him for that much. Um, that's that's players get more as, as a signing on bonus um, <laughs> than that, like quite significantly. Yeah, uh, isn't that two enough, weeks of Messi? <laughs> Less. Less than ten days. Um, Wow. Next up doesn't get any easier, does it? Uh, Gets harder. Um, Manchester City away. Uh, Part of me in the old days, I felt like I'd have been like, "When are we ever going to get back to the Amex?" And I'm like, "There's no rush." uh, Knowing the way we play, yeah. Um, And and special mention to to the Albion fans, by the way. Talking of atmosphere and shit atmosphere at the Amex. You could hear the, the Albion fans very loudly for long portions of that game today. Um, and that's a big old stadium to be able to rattle that around in for us to hear on the TV. So we know you're capable of it. You know you're capable of it. I would love it if the, the club or the fans came together in a way in which that you can get all those people in one spot. Because clearly at this point in time, what used to be the North Stand six, seven years ago is not what it was and something needs to change for that because it's not great. Uh, but Man City next, not great, is it? Uh, they got battered by Liverpool today, I think. Did it end 3-1? No, 3-2. And it was Did close it? at the end as well. Oh, okay. I didn't get to watch any end. of it, but I saw that they were getting quite badly uh, trashed and then 3-2. But they lost anyway, so they don't have an FA Cup to worry about anymore. Um, but... It's not going to be easy, is it? Uh, they are in pretty outrageous uh, form sat at the top of the table. One point ahead of Liverpool, uh, I suspect we'll have an awful big following uh, in Merseyside this week um, for that one. Because if we can go ahead and do the same thing that we've just done for the last two weeks uh, on the bounce, we will be their heroes, uh, I think. What, what, do you, what do you see this team looking like bearing in mind the kind of performance we just put in this weekend. Uh, and I think, like you both said, the press never stopped. Uh, they worked their socks off today. Um, and they now have to go to the Etihad uh, and play a team that are quite good at doing that sort of thing themselves. Uh, there's good news and bad news in this. Obviously, the bad greatly outweighs the good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? The, the biggest good part is you don't care. You've got six points the last two games and you didn't expect to get six points. I don't think even the most ambitious, optimistic Brighton fan would have said, you know what, six points in the bag for these two. No. So it's okay to go into this game knowing that we're probably not going to walk away with anything. The Southampton and Wolves games are important uh, as a follow-on. Um yep. The other good bit of news is because they got run ragged today for the most of the game, Kevin De Bruyne and a couple of other important players had to come into the game that thought they were going to get to sit there and do nothing for this this FA Cup tie. Um, That's good. So Kevin De Bruyne didn't get a day off. Uh, The bad news is everything else. (laughs) And the the main one for me is that the, the man who I just talked up is is going to be out i'm pretty sure basuma just got a fifth yellow didn't he yeah um 
and won't be for this there for this game, which means you're probably playing Lalana. Um, we don't know the status of, of Tarek Lamptey. I think Potter is probable. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what he does with Adam Webster and if he shuffles that defensive setup around a little bit. Um, I'd like to see him employ these same tactics, of course, right? Who wouldn't? We've just got six points against pretty decent sides. Will it work against Man City? Let's give it a try. Uh, keep keep Danny and uh, Mope on a bench. It's a, yeah, it's in a, the chat, they, yeah. Alex says it. Hate to say it, but leaving Mopay on the bench has been really good for the team. I, I hate to say it more, but Danny Welbeck hasn't exactly set the world on fire getting the chance either, has he? Um, we look great without both of them today. Watford legend Danny Welbeck, please don't speak ill of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, we, we just look good, and I, it's a free hit. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're not expecting too much from this game. I think, I don't think Tarek plays. I think you do bring Webster in. Um, it's it's just gonna it's gonna be a tough game whoever you play, um, especially with Basuma in the form that he's now showing. Um, it'll be interesting, but uh, if we if we try and play our own game, I think we we say this quite a lot. But as long as we're proactive with the way that we want to play and try and play our game, um, that's the that's the most that we can ask for. Really, um, I'm not expecting a result of any kind. I think the most nervous of nervous can now finally say we're safe. Um, yeah yeah and and for me like if you look at it from that perspective technically every single game's a free hit from here on out right like let's play some of the players see what we're looking at see what some some of those different players like i know there's a lot of money in in based on positions and stuff um but when it comes to a game like the etihad uh and we've you know lamped his knackered and has come off caicedo was looking a bit crampy at the end like play whatever you need to play to make sure people are fit for those games that we can get points from and, and realistically get points from, move up the table and get some more money, right? I think that's my thing more than anything uh, because your free hit games are still there. Just go see what happens. And if we play spoiler uh, and really do 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 something to, to teams like Manchester City, you know it's just going to be absolute meltdown central from Pep. And I like Pep. But I'd love seeing him melt down more. And uh and we thought yeah. Conte we thought Conte was a bad loser today. Um he Pep won't be as uh, waxing as lyrical about Graham if he beats him this Wednesday. Klopp's the worst loser, isn't he? In the Premier League, I feel like. He's oh, he, oh, yeah, God, he's he turns horrible, doesn't it? Gets really, really mad. People uh, really people really did forget the whole false positive COVID test, didn't they, to get an advantage. That sort of got that got buried fairly quickly. Um late last year um I, I don't think people should forget that i think it was despicable but um yeah it's, it's cheating is it yeah i mean yeah. it is yeah so um yeah people tend to forgot about that pretty quick now that there's a title race again and the media are all over it um but yeah they're, they're both i think Klopp's just a little bit worse than pep um the with pep it's the it's the constant praise until it doesn't go his way and then he turns on a dime that um is fairly typical of him I, they do suffer from a similar problem to us. A problem. It is a problem where they don't really have a striker. Um, I'm, I, I'm stating the obvious here because everyone's watched Man City, and it's, it's not really causing much of a problem, is it? Um, but I, Grealish isn't playing all that well, is he? I know he scored a couple in his last few games, but it's not like he's living up to his price tag by any means. Really upset Savage too. Yeah, yeah. But they they've not been. 
that impressive lately. Uh, the last few, they've slipped up a little bit. Obviously, that today they were playing a bit of a B team. Um, they weren't that... Atletico should have scored in that, that second leg. Uh, they drew in the league against Liverpool, what, a week ago, less than a week ago. And yeah, they got a win against Burnley, but the, the week prior to that, a couple of weeks prior to that, they only got a nil-nil with Palace. Um, Palace, <laughs> Palace are their bogey team, aren't they? <sighs> Yeah, Palace but... do tend to be Man City's, like for some odd reason, uh, they do seem to get results against Manchester City, which annoys me. I'd feel a little bit more confident if Basuma was playing because he isn't. I, I just, as I hope they play Sterling as a force nine. That's my, that's that's the way we win because Sterling is so bad in my opinion, and I know I'll get a lot of hate for this, but every time the, the man can't shoot. Uh, and, and it's embarrassing. So please, I hope, play him up top. And just don't give the ball to City's good players, which is the other 10 or nine of John Stone's plays. Uh, yeah, that's not a bad analysis. Uh, just don't give it to the good players. Um, that's not a bad one. Yeah, give it with, uh, the, give it with the English lads. <laughs> uh, I, suspect, I suspect it is an unfortunate inevitability uh, that Mr. KDB will somehow carve us apart on Wednesday with one killer ball, whether we lose 4-0 or 1-0. I suspect he will probably be at the heart of our problems, as he has been for all five years of playing Manchester City. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is the perpetual thorn in most of the Premier League side, to be fair. Not so, not just us. Um, so I, I, that's the one I'm more worried about, regardless of whether Bezuma plays or not. He's... He's just out of this world, isn't he? For He's got an argument for being the best player in the world football, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he has. Easily. Yeah. Um, that's everything from me. Um, obviously, Saints at the weekend. Uh, I suspect we'll probably record in the week for the City game. Uh, unless it's really, really, really bad and we lose like 6 nothing. we might leave it for the weekend. Um, so... <laughs> Worst comes to the worst. We'll be back to cover Southampton and Man City under the carpet. Uh, or we'll see you in a couple of days um, for, for Wednesday's coverage. Um, other than that, anything else you wanted to talk about? Transfers? <sighs> anything else? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think... I'm just... I'm just happy we turned around this this that horrible feeling of those last few games. And, and this has been... these. These two wins where we've looked like a good football team and we've got what we deserve from both of them in slightly different ways. Uh, wonderful. But now let's try and finish this out. Maybe not against Man City, but let's see if we can get a top 12 finish here. That's not that's not an unreasonable thing to ask from this point. At that, at that magical 40 mark as well. And I know it's pretty much a formality for most people, but it's nice to be at that landmark that people have um set for the premier league and um, it's been nice to see what we can do from now you know now that the pressure may just be off and um, we can start like you said experimenting somewhat or giving people a chance and playing with that little bit of freedom that we like playing with um we tend to struggle when the pressure's on and, and people adapt their game to ours if we free flow and when there's no pressure on us and we can play our game then let's see what these next couple of games bring yeah and Quite interestingly, just to sign off on uh, 29 goals scored this season. Uh, our previous best, I believe, previous worst, I believe, was 37. Um, and we are one win away from our best ever finish points total in the Premier League. Imagine what we will do 
with Dennis Ondav if he can hit the target as much as he can in Belgium. If he can, and we replace Pesuma adequately, which is perfectly possible. I mean, look at the way Caicedo's flown into this team in two games and the way Kukurea walked in as if he'd been playing in England for 10 years. Could be a really special season next year. Couldn't it? Really could. It's exciting. It really is. Let's let's hope. The hope is let's let's click on that's that's the thing that'll keep us going during the summer months when there's no World Cup. So yeah, yeah. Big summer, uh, massive summer for the Albion. Um we've done we've done a pretty massive job already, uh getting the man in that we needed. Uh we definitely aren't done there with the outgoings probable. Um with the fact that Welbeck's getting more time over Mope as well. Just one last one quick one. Uh Welbeck seems to have beaten out Mope in the uh in the pecking order. I think he goes this summer. Yeah, left on his deal. Mope? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he's gone. Me too. Craig? Mm. Yeah, it's a full house. I think okay. it's just it he's uh sort of fallen from grace a little bit, hasn't he? Um yeah, I, I wonder. There's murmurings of him going straight down the tunnel, but I think they were rubbished. Um, but yeah, I, it just seems like he's lost that place. Um, I honestly thought he was going to come on from Wepu today. Um, I was surprised when Welbeck came out, but I'm a mere mortal compared to um, some like Graham Potter. So, Watch him score a hat-trick against the Leeds or something. <laughs> Uh, and then everyone just changed this. He'll pull a Pascal Gross out of his bag, just come back. Yeah. It's a redemption arc. Uh, you heard it here first. Neil Moore paid to Watford um, <laughs> at the end of the season. Um, and he'll score 28 goals in the championship. Yeah, year. swap deal for Saar. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll let everybody go. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Um, and we will see you all soon. Very soon. Possibly. Thanks. Late late night Saturday chat listeners. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks all.